The Kate Daly Show starts now. Have you ever heard of some fellas who first came over to this country? You know what they found? They found a howling wilderness with summers too hot and winters freezing. Did they have insurance for their old age, for their crops, for their homes? They did not. They looked at the land and the forests and the rivers. They looked at their wives, their kids, and their houses. And then they looked up at the sky and they said, Thanks, God. We'll take it from here. They were rugged fellows. They were men. Well, hi there. Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. Wow. I know. <laughs> the exasperation I'm feeling. <laughs> um, I want to actually uh, take a little trip down memory lane uh, a little bit with you, uh, if you'll grant me that in this hour. And uh, a friend of mine reminded me of a, a movie that I watched a while back, quite a while back, as a matter of fact, probably 30, 35 years ago. And I want to share this with you because it's such a great lesson. And it's something that always has intrigued me um, in in trying to analyze the nature of mankind and why we are the way we are and why we end up uh, the way we end up. <laughs> so uh, if you catch my drift, uh, there are uh, many reasons as to why things happen and why we have groups um, in, in, in our society that are pulling to take America down. So I'm going to share this with you. And I want to go through this very uh, true example of something that happened back in 1967, uh, actually the year before I was actually born. And I want to share this with you because I, th- I think this is such a pivotal thing. This is such a pivotal, a pivotal piece of who we are in this uh, experiment. Um, so I welcome you to the show. You are welcome to call in in this hour. Uh, in the next hour, we have Melissa Smith joining me on a host of issues that we're going to be talking about that are so important. And then Susan joins me. And so we've got quite a show for you. And uh, and I also want to say, you know, the last two days have been kind of crazy. Uh, we've discussed a lot on the show. Gaggle, which is the, the new form of uh, getting into your kids' uh, social media and also into their email addresses so that schools can monitor everything they're saying and doing and then penalize them for it uh kind of like a little mini gestapo and report them if they if they think even think that what they're saying is inappropriate not taking into context humor or the fact that kids tease each other uh in sometimes a nice way nothing like that this is this is truly about um this program if all of the school districts adopt this i it's frightening. That's what it is. It's frightening. Um, because your kid could be subject to something that's so innocuous, something that they wouldn't even think was a problem. And all of a sudden now it's this it's this big deal and they're being reported for it. And I'm just saying that we have a huge amount of trouble coming our way. And the fact that they named it gaggle, like gag somebody, um, <laughs> if that isn't apropos. So, um that and also about the green bonds and how that started in 2013. There's a lot of great podcasts on katedallyradio.com that you need to share and check out because that really does give context to this whole climate change, um, this whole climate change environmentalism going on, which is the front showcase of it to get people bought into it. But really, it's about money and power. And so it's unfortunate that people are so gullible today that they still, after 50 years of climate change, still believe that we're on the, the brink of 
doom. So uh, you might want to check out those podcasts. Very, very important. Um, and also make sure you get over to Dr. Diet too. Dr. Diet's amazing. And uh, I love that I lost weight through Dr. Diet, was able to keep it off. That's why I share it with you. They can also help get your, your health back on track. And they've got lots of wonderful classes that they're doing too. Free classes for you. They even have a classroom there. And it, they really do do an outstanding job. And all the people that have gone in there that because of, of me talking about them so much, um, they have just loved their experience as well. When you can get a coach and you can get that weight loss off, it really, it does make a huge, big difference for you. And you'll keep it off too. Um, and also getting the right appropriate diet for you. What's going to make a difference? Uh, low carbs, um, you know, it, what, what, what's going to work? And so get over to Dr. Diet, 628 Diet. I love those guys and you really ought to check them out. They're right there on the boulevard. Okay. Let's, uh, I want to tell you about this because this is so important. What happened in 1967 at a school in Palo Alto, California, a teacher, a school teacher named Ron Jones, um, talked about, and there were articles written about this, uh, for years, actually, I think he even gave like a Ted talk on it, on his experience going through this. Um, but he basically took his class through an experiment. They were looking at Nazi Germany. They were reviewing video from the Holocaust. And as they were viewing these images, he was basically talking to his students about this. And, one, and, and a couple of the students actually were asking him why or how in the world could that have happened? How could that have happened? How could the people doing the action... Um, as far as the Nazis go, how could they have even just even insinuated that they hadn't done anything wrong and that they were following orders? How do you get a populace to go along? Um, this is called the wave. It's uh, you can actually get this and show this to your family. I'm going to play a, a few excerpts for you because I really do want to uh, take you back into uh, this experiment into 1967 that actually happened. And it was a really sort of scary experiment because of the speed at which this happened. What you're about to listen to didn't happen over months and months and months or a year. What you're going to listen to is a dramatization of what happened, but that it happened in a week, one week. And when we talk about groups like Antifa and we talk about these, uh, the, the, the liberal progressive mindset, the communist mindset, this is, uh, this is, so, this is such an allude to, to programming and how programming is so powerful. So these kids were in class and the teacher, Ron uh, Jones, was trying to figure out how he could get to that answer, what he could do with this class in 1967 that would teach them how easily it's done. And so I'm going to share this first excerpt with you. Um, they did all kinds. Well, let me, let me start out with this first. I'm going to play this for you. This is about four minutes long. And I want you to listen uh, to, what, to, how he, to how he starts this movement he's about to create with these students. Here we go. Oh, by the way, this is uh, Bruce Davidson uh, talking. He stars in this dramatization that became an after-school special years and years and years ago. And they used to show this in history classes in California. I'm not quite sure if they showed it in any other state or maybe they showed it around the country. I'm not sure. But you might remember this, too. But it was a really good refresher. Here you go. What about ballet dancers? Andre? You know, it takes long, hard hours of work for them to develop their skill. Same goes with 
painters working at their craft, scientists. It is all discipline, control, <laughs> the strength of the will. Well, there's something we can do to experience power through discipline right now. Shall we try? It begins with posture. Amy, come forward, please. <laughs> the proper seating posture will help the concentration, strengthen the will. Boy, this is stupid. First, put your feet flat on the floor. Just hisker and I come to pee by mistake. <laughs> now, place your hands flat across the small of your back and force your spine straight up. Can't you breathe more easily? Relax. Now resume the proper position. Relax. Again. Everybody look how Robert's legs are parallel, his ankles locked, his knees bent at 90 degrees. See how straight his spine is. Chin back, head forward. Very good, Robert. Now, I want you all to get up and walk about the room. And when I give the command, I want you to return to your seats as quickly as possible and assume the proper seating posture. Come on. There are three more rules which you must obey. One, everybody must have pencils and note paper for note taking. Two, when asking or answering a question, you must stand at the side of your seats. And three, the first words when answering or asking a question are Mr. Ross. Right? Brad, who was the British Prime Minister before Winston Churchill? Um, wasn't it the... You weren't listening. Remember? Discipline. Robert, show Brad the proper procedure for asking a question. Mr. Ross. That's correct. Thank you, Robert. Again, Brad. Mr. Ross, wasn't it the um, prime minister? No, too slow, much too slow. From now on, your answers are to be as short as possible. Now sit down and try it again. Mr. Ross, Chamberlain. Now that's the way to answer questions. Punctual, precise. What country did Hitler invade in September of 1939? Andrea. Mr. Ross, I don't know. Still a good response, Andrea. Amy. Mr. Ross, Poland. Excellent. What was the name of Hitler's political party? Mr. Ross, the Nazis. Good, Brian. Very quick. That was the short name. What was the official name? Laurie. The National Socialist. Sit down and do it again. Mr. Ross, the National Socialist German Workers' Party. Correct. Peter, who proposed the Lend-Lease Act? Mr. Ross, Roosevelt. Right. Who died in the death camps? Mr. Ross, Jews, gypsies, and homosexuals. Who ran the death camps? Mr. Ross, the SS. Excellent. Do you see that? The, all he had to do was start out with the conditioning of uh, and the praising of 
sitting in your seat properly, um, with your head in the proper position, standing by your desk and addressing the teacher in a certain way, doing it fast, doing it quick, being assertive. And he kept praising the students, telling them when they were doing wrong, praising them when they were doing it right. And he continued to do this. And the kids actually reacted in a way uh, that you would almost think that they would rebel against that. Nope, nope. They actually loved it. They loved it. Scary. When I come back, more on this. And I, you'll, if, you've, if you've never seen this before, The Wave, you're going to be a little horrified at the next couple of clips I play. It was so fast. Be right back on The Kate Daly Show. There you go. Have you been... Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is the Kate Daly Show. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show. Taking a little detour with a really big lesson and I wish they would still play this for the youth you know that they're not going to Uh, they do not play this for the youth anymore but back in the 80s they did Uh, this was a a true experience that happened a true experiment I should say that happened in a 1967 classroom with a teacher named Ron Jones who decided that his class could not understand the um, what happened in Nazi Germany and so he conducted an experiment by forming a movement and it was about a week to a week and a half long. That's about the, the length of it. And it was surprising, I think, to everyone involved how quickly things turned in this experiment. The kids did not realize that they were actually part of this experiment. So I want to I tell you, in, in his own accounting of it, the teacher later uh, said that they practiced the attention to detail over and over about how to sit in your chair, how to breathe, how to stand up, how to ask a question, the simplest of things to form discipline in the classroom. And he would tell them all the time, see, you can breathe more easily. You're more alert. Don't you feel better? And he said the progressive drills um, kept, well, they kept progressing, obviously, but he said that they had moments of silence where they had silent reading and it was enforced. And the kids who were usually saying, you know, they didn't want to read in class or very sluggish about it were actually doing it. And he was shocked by that. And then he decided to sort of up the ante because he said, look, he said, was this desire for discipline and and, um, uniformity a natural need? And that became a question for the teacher and he said do we do we want people to tell us what to do and do it in a way that's more like a dictatorship do we do we desire this and so he decided to push the tolerance of the class um these were uh sophomores juniors and seniors uh for regimented action and he kept introducing new rules Um, in the classroom. So let me go ahead and play part two of this. I'm taking excerpts from this movie. You can actually check this movie out on YouTube uh, for free. Have your kids watch it. Watch it as a family. It's a really, really important lesson. It was true um, what happened in this exercise. All right. So this is the second part. So he just introduced strength and discipline. That was their first motto. Here you go. Yes, one, two, one. 
Discipline is one thing, but there's something more. people who work and struggle together. It's building a barn with your neighbors. <laughs> it's feeling that you're a part of something that's more important than yourself. A movement, a team, a cause. And like discipline, to fully understand community you have to experience it and participate in it. Now, everyone, repeat our two mottos. Now, we need a symbol for our new community. Something for members of this class only. A wave is a pattern of change. It has movement, direction, and impact. And from now on, we will be known as the wave. And this will be our salute. Robert, what is our motto? Mr. Ross, strength through discipline, strength through community. Very good, Robert. Remain standing, please. Now, Peter, Amy, Eric, strength through discipline, strength through community. Now, Brian, Andrea, Laurie, join them and repeat. Strength through discipline, strength through community. Louder. Strength through discipline, strength through community. Strength through discipline, strength through community. saluting and repeating the motto, you couldn't help but get caught up in it. Ooh. You know, really wanting to make it work. But I don't like it, Laurie. It, it sounds too much like brainwashing and mob psychology to me. No, Mom, it's nothing like that. Honest, you just have to be there to, to feel the positive energy in class to really get what's going on. I am for whatever will make kids pay attention to anything these days. And it's really what it's doing. Even Robert Watkins, you know, the class creep. Mm. He's even a part of the group now. But you're supposed to be learning history, not how to be part of a group. This country was built by people who were part of a group. Uh, the pilgrims, founding fathers. Yes, but it owes its greatness to those people who weren't afraid to be individuals. Stop worrying, Mom. Mr. Ross has just found a really great way to get everybody to learn something. Even the... Hmm. 
Wow. Uh, so he kept layering, and he kept layering onto the motto. And you can see the kids are getting excited about it. And he felt like he was actually becoming a dictator. It kind of scared him when he recollected uh, years later. He said, it scared me because I was fulfilling this role. And the kids were uh, honoring me and, and wanting me to give them even more direction and wa- almost wanted to be told what to do next. Kind of scary, right? All right. Here's the next piece. It's about three minutes. Here you go. Discipline and community are meaningless without action. Now, discipline gives you the right to action. A disciplined group with a goal can take action like a well-oiled machine. Now, through hard work and allegiance to each other, you will learn faster and accomplish more but only if you support one another and only if you work together and obey the rules can you ensure the success of the way. Now you are all to actively recruit new members. Each new member must demonstrate knowledge of our rules and pledge strict obedience to them. Mr. Ross, for the first time I feel like I'm part of something great. Mr. Ross, this is like being born again. Mr. Ross, I feel the same way. Mr. Ross, I'm proud of the wave. Strength, community. Strength. seriously. No, I'm not. You're not taking it seriously enough. Look, Laura, you've always been a leader. The other kids, they've always looked up to you. You've got to be at that meeting. That's exactly why I'm not going. Let them make up their own minds about the wave. They're individuals. I don't understand. I can't believe how crazy everybody's gotten. David, the wave is taking over everything. Sure, because the wave makes sense, Laurie. It works. Everybody's on the same team. Everybody's equal. Oh, that's terrific. Do we all score a touchdown? You know, you're just against this thing because you're not special anymore. Because you're not the best student in the class now. That's not true, and you know it. I think it is true. I know how the rest of us felt listening to you and Amy always giving the right answers. David, you're being stupid. All right. I'm so stupid. Why don't you go find yourself a smart boyfriend? Wow. So it was causing a lot of strife between the students, um, and she went on to write a newspaper article for the school paper about it. This is a true life story, 1967, right? Um, and uh, in this in this uh, portrayal of it, uh, I think they did this in 1981 and showed it as an after-school special. This was also showed in some history classes as well. 
um, as what can happen in just a week to students who were um, who were introduced to be part of a movement to feel special to because they could not understand what the Nazis how the Nazis did what they did, and here she she went to write a, a newspaper article just critiquing it critiquing it critically thinking about it and critiquing it and they start the students started threatening her and saying that she had to be um they had to shut her up and that she wasn't going to be allowed to print anything anymore about this movement because it was um endangering the movement and the kids grew more and more hostile um even to the point or or brink of violence um you also had one of the kids uh, that had been picked on before uh, want to be the teacher's bodyguard, want to assist the teacher, didn't want anything to happen to the teacher, started idolizing the teacher. And this movement started to grow throughout the whole school, not just the classroom. And there were about 200 kids that had pledged to be part of the wave. And also they had a salute where they would take their fist and tap with the right hand, tap the left shoulder, and then put their hand up like a claw. And this was their uh, sign. And so they would do this sign to each other so that they knew they were in the group. And they started ostracizing the kids that were not in the group, and they were not allowed to be uh, anywhere near the students that were part of the wave. The lunch lady wanted to know what kind of cookie she could make that would re- that, that would best be associated with the wave um, so that the kids would eat it. The uh, principal, actually, in the beginning was, there, was all for this. He was, he was thinking this was a great experience. But as the days grew, and we're only on like day two or three right now, only after a couple of days, you had had, uh, uh, you know, a pretty vast group of kids, 200 kids in the school. Uh, part of this, they had meetings, they had pins, they had banners, they had, I mean, this whole thing started to spring up. And he started getting really nervous. Um, he started getting really nervous about the fact that not only was he, was he fulfilling the role of a dictator, but how was he going to drive this to a conclusion how was he going to get to the point where he taught these kids how easy it is to get into the mindset of group think because you think you're elite and you think you are special and the reason i wanted to play this today was because we have lost our ability to critically think about things we the mob mentality is so so big and we have to understand how we're getting there and what's going on. This took a few days to indoctrinate students in how to be part of a mob. That's really, really scary because they took to it. They took to it so quickly and without question. And they, they wanted this thing to be. They wanted it to exist. And they believed it into existence to the point where they, uh, coming up next in the next clip, you're going to be really surprised at, at the behavior that happens right after this, going into the fourth and fifth day of this week. And I'm, ta- I'm, I'm telling you, this was only a weak experiment in a 1967 classroom in Palo Alto, California. But man, was it a good one. It really did showcase what can happen in a very, very quick amount of time. Be right back on The Kate Daly Show. Have you been... Talk lines are open now. Call 888-673-1450. This is The Kate Daly Show. Day by day. 
Welcome back. Hey, Dally Show here. I know, taking a little detour. Um, this is a this is a huge experiment and an important one done in 1967 Palo Alto uh, high, at a school in Palo Alto, uh, California, where the history teacher decided to show the kids how easy it was to be uh, to become a Nazi, how easy it was to go along with orders, and how easily people wanted to feel special, and loved the feeling of being part of an elite group, even though. This movement uh, was a faux movement, you know, uh, that he started in the classroom. They actually started believing in this movement. Um, Let me play the next clip for you. This is only a couple minutes long because as he layers on, as he layers on the the ability to uh, to brainwash the students, it's interesting how they took to it. And he said, I had nothing but questions. This is him later on describing this. He said, I had nothing but questions. Students students seemed intent on the assignment and displayed accurate uh, recitation of the uh, uh, facts and concepts. They even seemed to be asking better questions, even treating each other with more compassion. He said, how could this be? Because the classroom was so strict. It was so dialed in. And he said, here I was acting as an authoritarian learning environment, and it seemed very productive, right? Uh, Now I began to ponder not just how far this class could be pushed, but but how such I would change my basic beliefs toward an open classroom and self-directed learning. Maybe this was the way to go. He even, the teacher even started thinking, hey, this is working. They're asking better questions. I like this. This is what happened next as he layered on more to the wave, a movement that all the kids started becoming a part of. Here you go. Class, there's something very important I have to tell you about the wave. At 5 o'clock, there will be a rally in the auditorium for wave members only. Now, the wave is not just a classroom experiment. I'm going to stop it right here because right before this, what he had done was he had given out cards, ID cards for any member that was a wave uh, person that that belonged to this wave. The emblem was a wave. They had a salute, kind of like a Hitler salute. And um, they got these cards and he put a red X on the back of three three or four of them. And what that uh, what that designation was, was that you could be a monitor. So you were to monitor other people's behavior and then report back to him if they weren't keeping all the rules or if they did something wrong, then the monitor would then tattletale and he said what was interesting was he only assigned three or four kids to it but he had 20 kids coming to him to report even the slightest behavior on each other even the slightest behavior and they enjoyed it and they liked tattling on each other and so he would reward them when they would tattle and they be and with praise and they became even more so that way. And that's why you had relationships falling apart, friendships falling apart. You had uh, kids that wouldn't talk to their uh, former friends, uh, you know, group of friends uh, because they were insistent on tattling. Insane, right? Okay. So now he's talking about how to finish this thing up. What's he going to do? Because it was getting out of hand, actually. And they were, they, we had 200 kids in the movement at this high school. And now what is he going to do? So he announces that there's going to be a big, huge meeting that they're all going to be at. Here you go. Now, it's much more than that. Across the country, teachers like myself have been recruiting 
and training a youth brigade to show the rest of the nation how to achieve a better society through discipline, community, action, and pride. Now look what we've accomplished in two short weeks in this school alone. If we could change things here, we could change things everywhere. In factories, stores, universities, all the institutions. Mr. Ross, Mr. Ross. Sit down, David. Now listen carefully. During the rally, a prominent political figure will reveal himself to all of you as our national leader. He will appear on television, and he will announce the formation of a nationwide WAVE youth program. Wait! 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 Don't listen to him! Don't listen to him! He's lying! Can't you see what he's doing? Can't any of you think for yourselves anymore? Robert, Eric, Brian, please escort these two out of the room and see that they stay out. Amy, please listen to me! They're lying! Now, I want every single member of the WAVE to attend the rally. Each member of this class is personally responsible for a record turnout. Everybody wear blue shirts. Bring yeah. banners and signs. Yeah. Mr. Ross, we can do it. Good. And make sure that no one but loyal WAVE members are allowed in. Mr. Ross, yes! Wow. Let me tell you, let me tell you what happened. I'm going to play this last clip for you. They all came into the auditorium, 200 students. You could hear a pin drop. It was as if the air was sucked out of the room. They were all sitting on pins and needles waiting to see who the political figure was going to be. The teacher hired friends to pose as photographers uh, to make them feel special. And he also convinced them that uh, that this movement was taking place everywhere. And they were a bigger part of this than they realized, that it was happening all over the nation, that a thousand schools were involved, and they were part of this very, very elite group. Um, amongst the group. So they were part of the elites. And so they were all uh, sitting in their chairs as quietly as they could and following every single rule, all dressed in the same shirt, ready and waiting for this um, after doing their salute when they got into the auditorium. And the TV came on and a kid yelled and nothing happened. And one of the kids yelled, um, there is no leader. You've, you've lied to us. There's no leader because no leader was coming on the screen. And so this is the teacher portrayed by Bruce Davidson because this later became a movie based on a true event. And this is what happened in the auditorium. It was a picture of Hitler. That's Hitler speaking. Okay. So what what I found kind of interesting with this right here was that you have. 
he suddenly shows a picture of Hitler and he shows the crowd behind Hitler doing the same kind of move that he has showed them. And by the way, they have armbands, armbands on. Okay, so it gets uh, it gets you. So they're sitting there noticing that they look exactly like the group sitting behind Hitler during Hitler's speech. Here you go. National Youth Movement. You thought you were so special. Better than everyone outside this room. You traded your freedom for the luxury of feeling superior. You accepted the group's will over your own convictions, no matter who you hurt. Oh, you thought you were just going along for the ride that you could walk away at any moment. Where were you heading? How far would you have gone? Take a look at your future. He's showing all the Hitler youth. good Nazis, you would have put on the uniforms, turned your head, and allowed your friends and neighbors to be persecuted and destroyed. Fascism isn't something those other people did. It's right here, in all of us. You ask, how could the German people do nothing as millions of innocent human beings were murdered? How could they claim they weren't involved? What causes people to deny their own history? Well, if history repeats itself, you'll all want to deny what has happened to you in the wave. But if our experiment is successful, you will have learned that we are all responsible for our own actions. And that you must question what you do rather than blindly follow a leader that for the rest of your lives, you will never allow a group's will to usurp your individual rights. Now, I know this has been painful for you. It certainly has for me. But it's a lesson we'll all share for the rest of our lives. Yeah. The kids, uh, he said, fell apart. After that, they were crying as they were sitting there with their armbands and their matching blue shirts and banners all over the auditorium. They were crying and realizing how far they'd been duped. Um, He was going to end the experiment after a couple of the parents called to complain. And one of the parents had a rabbi call, their rabbi call, who was upset. This was only 25 years after, you know, World War II. And, uh, you know, a lot of the parents were visibly upset. In fact, one parent came and stormed the classroom and started throwing everything around and was escorted home um, by security because he was uh, he had friends that that, uh, died in the war. And. When the rabbi called this teacher, 
he said that he was actually sort of surprised that once he said, well, this is just an experiment, we're going to be ending this soon, that the rabbi didn't have any more questions for him. He goes, oh, okay, okay, everything's fine then. And he said, I wish he would have just asked a few more questions because had I really been brainwashing these kids, he should have, he should have asked more. You know, there was, there was really nobody asking much about it. After all this had happened, and that, that obviously worried him, after all this had happened, um, he actually was fired from his uh, teaching post there at that high school because they felt like it had gotten out of hand and they, they didn't want him conducting any more experiments with the kids. I thought it was a great history lesson and a great lesson for them that I know they never forgot. Um, but it goes to show you that in teaching personal liberty and in teaching critical thinking and thinking for yourself, um, instead of wanting to be part of a, you know, some sort of elite group um, that you buy into believing that you are. And I think that happens with Antifa. I think it happens with a lot of these groups. It is very interesting to me how um, how amazing, it, how, how fast they did it, and also how, uh, how we also don't want that taught in our classrooms. This isn't shown anymore. This was shown to, to my age, but it isn't shown anymore, and that's, that's regrettable. That's regrettable. They should be showing this in every single classroom. Caller, you have about 30 seconds. Yes. Real quickly, uh, this uh, system was applied to the entire world. It wasn't just Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. For 40 years, over half the world was under communism, and this is how it ran. The collectivism, the discipline, the discipline is obeyance, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, this uh, system uh, controlled most of the world. For another 30 years, a third of the world was under communism. Of course. Uh, This Mm -hmm. experiment was applied to the entire world. Yes. Uh, And the other thing, the two elements, uh, discipline is obeyance, and the other is the collectivism if people don't fear collectivism after hearing mm-hmm. this i don't know what's going to take <laughs> yeah and, uh, the, that's true. You know, the the group is above the individual the group mm-hmm. is above the rights uh, and and uh, anybody you. that rebels has to be taken out of the classroom has yep. to be eliminated that's exactly what they're they did up, thank you for yeah, that Re- they're obsolete in communism yes really appreciate that thank you i wish you weren't so close to being out of time what a powerful experience. You can actually view this movie. It was an after-school special, can you believe it, back in, in the 80s, back in 81, and uh, for a few years there. Um, but it's not in circulation anymore, but it's on YouTube. So you can watch this with your kids. And it really is good for them to see this dramatization of it, I think. Uh, very, very important. And then read uh, his version of it, because his version of it, after the fact, when he tells the story, um, adds in all the questions that he was feeling and thinking during this time and what the kids were doing uh, in more detail. And it's amazing that uh, that all happened in one week, one week to a week and a half. I mean, it was pretty amazing experiment. People thought that that probably should, I, I would have thought it would have taken years to have, have done that, at least a year. Nope, it was a week, and the students were already turning on each other and turning each other in and, and everything else. The Wave, 1967, true story. I'll be right back with Melissa. Melissa.